0: thank you one more time for this privilege you've given me to, to come and share my life with you this is where we left off are we all awake yes, sir. you guys can watch with me for one more hour yes, sir. jesus asked for just one hour and that's what i'm asking for We're looking at, you know, the perspectives of this guy called Karl And because if we say that the third day is about unveiling the ultimate man, then we must understand the function and the configuration of that man, right? In Bible light, right? The world is trying to define us so that we can use things to define ourselves. We can use created things to define ourselves, which is an impossibility. You see, I need to stress that point because church has become so need oriented. As much as I like giving testimonies, you, never, you, you really have very few testimonies of people you know, getting to know God more. It's only the things that God has done, not who He's becoming in their lives. And your generation, under 25s, under 30s, under 35s, we must not continue along that line. Am I saying we can't be thankful? No. Right? But things must not define us. Nothing earthly must you use to define yourself, not the things you have. The Bible says a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things. That he owns. We need to come back. Do yourself that favor. Get back into the Word of God, and use the Word of God to define yourself. And Calbert said that all that may and should be known about man in God's image can only be found in Christ. You see, Christ is the pattern. You know, is actually the pattern man. Say pattern. What's the pattern? mold after which others are actually fashioned after are you with me somebody described it beautifully he said god was actually imprinting business and he caught a plate and he called him adam right and now he took that plate to the press and rolled out copies The first copy that he rolled out, after a while, the ink ran. It got washed off. But because the plate is intact, whatever happens to the copies, it doesn't trouble the printer. Because he can go back to the press and roll out more. That plate was himself. Christ is the pattern man. He's also the pattern God. Because he's the only one that we've ever seen. He's the only God we've ever seen. That humans have ever seen. Please hang on with me, guys. What you are hearing is life shaping, is life threatening. <laughs> but I believe, and my prayers, that what is going to threaten is that which is not right in your life. Whatever God has not planted in terms of ideas and mentalities, God is going to uproot. May you not know, church, may you know the kingdom of God. Because the church is a means, not an end. And whatever the means becomes the end, we have entered into active idolatry. Don't worship worship. Worship God. with words here. Imago, to. I won't bother you with all that. But John 1:18 says, "No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, who is in the bosom of the Father, has declared it." Now this is John 1:18. The intention of Jesus being the only begotten was that Jesus might become a pattern. Because by the time we get to Revelation, he dropped the title the only begotten. He became the first begotten. Yes, because there are now many other Begotten. It was for these many other Begotten that he died. Hebrews 12 says for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross he despised the shame he took on a shameful death on the cross ask yourself the question what was the joy that was set before him? The joy was not him going back to heaven. He already had that. The joy was many more like him was going to come. And was willing to pay the price. Now his death will be in vain. If the only thing you do is to just get saved. And you never come to that point of attaining that stature. Of the fullness. Of Christ. Hallelujah. That was the... the, the, the dialogue that happened between Moses and God while they were in the wilderness. Moses had to sensitize God. The only place the Bible says God repented. Because the guys were so stiff-necked, they were stubborn, and God said, Moses, step out of the way. Let me destroy these guys. And I will... He, he, he promised Moses, I'm going to raise another generation from you. Maybe today we won't have Israelites, but Moseyites... God meant it. God doesn't play with words. He wanted to really finish them off, but Moses said something. He said, the world we say, you are able to bring them out of Egypt, but you can't take them to the promised land. Parallel. Context. That God can only save you. He can't make you like Christ. I don't want the world to abuse God on my case. Everything that the kingdom has to offer, I want to get. And the primary thing that kingdom has offered is that we be the exact image and likeness of God. He says his commandments are not grievous. These things are impossible with men, but with God. That promise, are you with me? That promise with God, all things have been possible was not directed at material things in the Bible. It was a rich young ruler, right? That i spoke about yesterday that actually said that that's not possible i can't leave my stuff carry a cross and follow you and the disciples came because the disciples too were not poor right because he said it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god and they were concerned because they were not poor he said who then can be saved he now said what with man this is impossible but with God by the workings of the Spirit. Piece of cake. Even when the other version, the, 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 the other instance where that particular phrase was used, Luke 1:37, right? It was in a virgin given birth to God. So it's all about attaining the stature of Christ. Paul said, the God who saved me to reveal his Christ in me. Paul spoke there about the two dimensions of salvation. Christ revealed to you and Christ revealed in you. The one who was revealed to you must be revealed in you. You must must become an outward expression of him. In thought, word and intents. Now there lies the mystery. The implication is both the image and the similarity that man has with God. It was found in Jesus Christ. So Jesus was born both man and God. He was both man and God at the same time. Now there lies the mystery. There lies the tension. Because man is both man and God in one. There's part of us that is earthly, there's part of us that is divine. And like I just gave the that analogy of you know, the making of the tabernacle. it started out as wood, he ended up as gold. That's why I love a song by David Crowderband. He said, I am full of both dirt and you. Right? I'm full of both what? Debt and you. Because God is holy. Hallelujah. follow me guys i sense god doing something here this is the way the bible describes jesus christ he's the brightness of god's glory and the express image of god's personality the word express image there is from a word impress again it's a you know it's a printer's you know a seal you know a seal the document, I mean, that, that thing that they use to seal documents. Now, if you impress it on a paper, right? Number one thing he does is alters the shape of that paper. The paper takes on the shape of the seal. And then, number three, when you touch the paper, you actually feel the impress. Are you guys with me? Yes, sir. Those are the three levels. There must be contact between you and God. Right? It makes an impression on you. Altering your shape. And then when the world comes to interact with you, what they touch is the seal that has made an impression on you. Is that clear? Guys, this is salvation 101. (laughs) Because the word express image is actually the word character. Character. Because what you feel there is what the character of the seal. See, character is not in right or wrong actions; It's a nature, right? It's a nature. You feel maybe many of you didn't grow up to actually meet electric typewriter, the one that hits the paper, when you talk, some actually if yeah the one that actually threw the carriage like that. Some, if you come with a wrong paper, it actually tears the paper. Because that thing has, you know, it's like a seal. It hits the paper and makes impression on it. Now, when that is done, when you read that paper, it's no longer blank. Right? It's no longer blank. You're actually reading a story of what the typewriter has impressed on it. Hallelujah. Oof. I'll skip this one. Okay, now. Image is the material expression. Person is its very essence. Now, the Bible says that Adam was created in the image and the likeness of Jesus. Jesus is the plate. Who created Adam? Jesus. Let me show you in Scripture. That's why he was the first and Jesus is the last. Amen? Amen. Enjoy your drink but focus. You know the way the army of Gideon drank? Mm. Right. As if I have a scripture for everything, but don't don't blame me. (laughs) If you hang around the Bible too much, it, it overwhelms you. They drank with their eyes on the assignment. Right? Those who laughed like a dog, they missed it. They were not conscripted into the army. So drink that stuff, eat the biscuit with sandals on your feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. So there are two Adams. Look at this. Then God said, Genesis one, "Let us plural make man in our image, plural." According to our likeness, plural, let them have dominion, blah, 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 blah. Look at from the where I highlighted in yellow. So God created them in his singular. God doesn't waste words. Right? When the actual creation was going to happen, there was a plate, there was a blueprint. It was his image, not our image again. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Something changed in this whole process. Because if you continue along the same line of let us, in our image and everything, it's like in, so God created man in their own image, right? In the image of them, they created him. Male and female, they created them. But God there, and was singular. Because the primary the physical expression of god is jesus christ and how does that work in your own what's your name michael you are supposed to be michael christ right you see christ is not jesus's surname it's not his surname was joseph if you go to a school where you went to in you know is it bethlehem or not yeah in nazareth high school or nazareth community school it's, jo- it's JJ. That's what his classmates call him. Yes, Jesus Joseph. Mm. So Christ is the power that's at work in him. That's why if you read Paul, you see Paul is such a writer. Early revelation of Jesus that Paul had, he called him Jesus Christ. After a while he changed Christ Jesus. Right? because the christ now because what's inside must you we must begin to learn to live from within we can't get patterns from what is around hallelujah when you enter the tabernacle of moses in the outer court the sun is the source of light that's an all comers affair when you get to the inner court right there's candle that's the holy spirit there is no ray of natural light into that place. Now, sun has its benefits. My forefathers, when they go to the farm, they use the sun to know time. Yeah. They look at the sun if his head is 12 noon, and they never wrong. Cock crows every 15 minutes. Accurate. God is. Mm, the fool indeed has said there is no God. I got to the Philippines, I realized that cock crows in Nigeria the same way they croak in the Philippines. I said, maybe the, the chickens were not there at Tower of Babel. They didn't, their language was not confused. <laughs> I just saw a Filipino chicken. I said, my goodness! Do you understand Nigerian kokoroko? It was kokoroko in the Philippines. God is dead accurate. Guys, don't judge by this pigmentation. God has no color. Right? I have white friends. They won't go to a church if Jesus was put there as a white man in Africa. They say, "Create your own Jesus who is black." Who says Jesus was white? says. Let me stir up controversies here. Let me leave that. What's man's destiny? Man's call. In the letter Paul wrote to the Romans, he said, your call Regardless of what the physical expression of that call might be. A tailor, a, an actor, a musician, a bricklayer, a lawyer, a doctor. Those are secondary calls. Primary call for believer. All of us, we have one call. We are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That's our call. Now, some might do that singing. Right? Some express that in bricklaying. Some express that in design. Some express that in singing. Some express that in many ways, but everything must be leading to a point where we're on a journey. Your prophetic destiny is to be what? To be conformed to the image of Christ. Hallelujah. Man's destiny Paul also wrote to the church in Colossae. He said, but now you yourselves, you have to put off all this anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, fill the language out of your mouth. Don't lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on a new man. It is now this new man company. That's what I'm talking to you about. That is God's present order to unleash, to release, to unveil this new man company. And they are renewed in knowledge according to the image of the one who created them. So that when we get there, there's no male, no female, no Jew, no Gentile, no Greek, no white, no black. Right? That's why in our secondary school, if you look at our form, there's no state of origin. And we did that intentionally. We don't want the children to see the family to see themselves as different. Right? God there are still some believers who won't marry outside of their tribe. You are going to hell. Why? You are not a Christian. It's as simple as that. Right? You're going to hell. Am I too tough? But it's simple. If one who is not a Christian goes where? Well. Huh? And the, and the beautiful thing about hell is that everybody in hell, they are saved. But they are saved too late. Go to hell and ask. Do you believe Jesus is Lord? Yes! Yes! Yes, now we know. Everybody in hell are born again. But they believe too late. (laughs) Oh my God. I love God. And now, that won't just happen. Man becoming God, God ruling the man, it takes a process. And Paul explained that. Said there is a natural body. Right? And there's a spiritual body. So it is written: the first man Adam became a living being. Right? The last man, Adam, Jesus, became what? A life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first. No one gets saved from their mother's womb. The spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust the second man is the lord from heaven you see there are two pastor dots one was born 10 p.m wednesday 20th february 1963. right another one was born on the 31st of december about a minute to 12 1989. right and for a long time The two were in conflict. Because Ishmael and Isaac dwelt in Abraham's house for a while. The wheat and the tears, they grew together for a while. But by the time he got to the time of harvest, there must be a separation. How many nations entered the Red Sea? Two. How many came out? One. I like the way you sing, guy. Honestly. Because singing is not just about uttering words. It must be expressed. It must be demonstrated. You must put actions to it. That's why the young ones didn't like the Orthodox churches. Hymns. And you just go. "Hmm." It's William 260. (laughs) Let's come back here. First man was of the earth, made of dust. Second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. Now, as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Ooh This is sweet. This is how it works. Ishmael was older than Isaac. Right? That's why it's called an old man. It's not my father. My old man was crucified with the Lord with Christ. That's not my father. It's my old because he's older than my new man. Now, for a long while, the old man has been you know, in ascendancy. Now, the new man needs to come up. Right? Because when the wheat and tears grow, they look alike. Wheat and tears look alike. You can only know their difference with sight, with discernment. But it becomes clear at the time of harvest. Because the wheat will have had fruit. And it bows under the weight of the fruit. But the wheat, the tears stands tall in pride. That's how to know the difference. At the time of harvest, the wheat is worshipping. It lays prostrate. The tears stands tall. And pride goes before it falls. It's plucked out. You guys still following me? So Jesus bore both images. You see, God is not the author of confusion. He won't ask us to follow the example of Christ if it's impossible. That's why Christ had to come as a man. He was subjected to everything. He was hungry and the Bible deliberately put those things in scripture. He sat by the well hungry detail so that you can identify with him. Because if you can't reckon with his humanity, you can't reckon with his deity. look at the way paul put it paul a born servant of jesus christ called to be an apostle separated to the gospel of god with the promise before through the prophets and the holy scriptures concerning his son jesus christ our lord who was born of the seed of david according to the flesh and then declared to be the son of god according to the spirit of holiness the resurrection so you see jesus both both, both images He didn't go to the cross and he was smiling. He said, I'm God. No, he nearly gave it up. In the garden. He wasn't just written there. The humanity spoke up. God, if it's possible. Because your humanity, we always want to bargain with God. If it's possible, let this call pass. But he said, nevertheless, not the way I want it. Now, that is the mentality of this new man company. Right? It is not a denial of the old man. Right? But the acknowledgement of the new man and putting that new man in sub- I mean, in authority over the old man. The, the old man spoke up. If it be possible, you see, if Jesus gave it up, then today we won't be praying in Jesus' name. God will start again. Jesus was just a conduit. Abraham that we read about is not the first one God called. We read about him because he's the first one that obeyed. God called his father Terah. They set out to go to, you know, Canaan. He got to Haran and died. And because he died because he made Haran home rather than Canaan. When transition is incomplete, it's tantamount to death. The new man concept we have to experience that mystery the mystery of being man and being god if the third day is like begetting like god wants to have gods god is his description is the one who is in charge even unbelievers say the the problem of nigeria it will take god is a description and you see that in the book of daniel He said, what you are asking, O King Nebuchadnezzar, can only be solved by God's whose dwelling is not with flesh. They are talking about you and I. And Daniel pioneered that. He said, because an excellent spirit was found in Daniel. Daniel could could, could solve enigmas. But he said, this is where we are going, guys. The church has been taught to pray. And we need to because this generation we have not even learned how to pray. But there's something higher than prayer. Prayer is a means. When you rise up from the place of prayer we need a church pattern after the likes of Joseph. Joseph did only interpret dreams which is like prayer. He could also articulate sound economic policy. Right? What he received in the place of praying in that dream, that he was able to—he was, you know, no, was able to capture and say, "This is what you saw Pharaoh." He said, "Those fourteen years are seven years of abundance and seven years of famine. Economic policy. In the time of abundance, save, right? So that in the time of famine, you have something to draw from." Daniel wasn't just able to read the writing on the wall. He was also a sound administrator. We find some Christians that they can really pray, but they fail at work. No skill. No insight. You must be a reference point in your class. You know why I didn't get saved in school? Because those Christians didn't have anything that I didn't have even more. I beat them in class. With my marijuana and my drink and everything, as mad as I was, I beat them in class. I had a 2 1. If I was a Christian, I'd tell you I'll make a first class. I'll be less distracted. <laughs> I can focus. And then, above all, I have the Holy Ghost. Whoops! I'm telling you, I'll make a first class. Because I've come to discover revelation of the word is not by much study, it's by obedience. God doesn't unveil scriptures to you because you study. Anybody can study. But it's by obedience, it's by yielded hearts. When your heart is yielded and God sees it, He breaks the seals because He knows you are going to do it. You want to understand the Bible? Obey it. That's why Jesus had to learn how to obey. Though He was a son, Yet he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So, those who live in the reality of this mystery, they are the ones who make up this new man company. Aware of their earthliness and also aware of their heavenliness. I'm not talking about being heavenly good and earthly useless, but having the best of both worlds. That's the beauty of Christianity that many don't know. You have the best of both worlds. You have the good things of this life, and you also have eternity. God is good though. Yeah. Honestly. The new man company. What minute this? I told you, I, I read King James too. <laughs> Let's look at this scripture. I finished by one. Is that OK? So for the joy of one, o'clock that he said before you, endure. <laughs> let's look at this scripture in the book of Genesis. Then the Lord said, Behold, you know this scripture? Man has just fallen. Man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, let's he put his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Let's send him out. Let's reflect on this. Questions that should come to your mind. I suggested some here. Does this statement suggest that man was not like God before this time? You want me to read it again? Man has become like one of us. This was after they took of the tree that God said they shouldn't take. To know good and evil. Now, lest he put his hand to take us off the tree of life, eat and live forever. Let's send him out. Am I right to ask this kind of question? You know, these are the things that came to me in my reflection. Does this suggest that man was not like God before this time? Was it the rebellion that made man like God now? he it because man has not become like one of us? Is it that God does not want man to know good and evil? Or is knowing good and evil wrong? You know, these are valid questions, isn't it? So think with me. You see, when you read the Bible, you think, read. You read reflectively. Is this a good exercise? If I had time, we would have discussed it. When I taught this in church, we actually discussed it. What minute is this? What's going on here? Think. Man rebelled and God said, Man has not become like one of us. If the man takes the tree of life, he will live forever. In a fallen state. He said, Man, man now knows good and evil. Is knowing good and evil wrong? If it's wrong, then what happens to Hebrews 12? Or Hebrews 5 12? When he says that who, you know, those who are mature, those who, are, who have reason of use, they have exercised their senses to be able to discern good from evil, right? Let's go on here. You have to know the implications of those statements for God's ultimate intention for man. The way God acted, his intention for man was at the back of his action. Let me send this man out so that he's not permanently in a fallen state. Because what God told man was to keep feeding on the tree of life. You know what? In the tree of life, you will eventually come to no good and evil. But through the right door. Because if you come through the wrong door, when you do good, you justify yourself. When you do wrong, you condemn yourself. That's why Christians don't live by conscience. Conscience is from two words, co-science. Two sources of knowledge. And you know that both good and evil were in the same tree. So the good of that tree and the evil, they are from the same source. And James says that, can you get fresh and bad water from the same river? Are you guys still with me please don't lose me because i'm making up my mind that i won't lose you (laughs) let's move on here you see god's eternal quest is not just to have sons but to have sons who can rule and also reign there are two different things in britain the queen Is reigning but is not ruling. She doesn't have executive powers. The House of Commons rule. Are you with me? The prime minister rules. But God is looking for sons who will not just reign but also rule because the original call was for us to have dominion, right? To dominate. It's very critical. In the quest for ruin and reigning, the configuration of man is critical. right? Because there is a way to rule and reign in the kingdom. Follow me as I unfold this. Because I want to tell you the basic trait of this new man company. There's no way I can finish it today. But I'll take it to a point where you'll understand it. Is that okay? And I'm leaving the PowerPoint with with Joshua. Now, this is where the key is. Man is equipped with the ability for self-determination what does that mean let me announce to you there are a lot of things you can do without God God created you and I with the ability to live independently of him that's why unbelievers are still alive if you get up here today and say I'm no longer serving God, it's not likely a car kind of knocks you down there. That's why obedience, the value of obedience is measured in terms of the fact that there's a chance for disobedience. The reason you celebrate success is because there's a chance of failure. If success is given, it has no value. Are you guys with me? It gets clearer as we go on. What is this self-determination issue? God gave this gift to man. But God has an intended use of this gift up his sleeves. And he requires that man discover that secret and act accordingly. In the garden, that's the reason why God put two trees there. Right? Right? and he only counseled the man. He didn't command him. Hmm? Now, this is the mystery. God gave you that gift, that ability of self-determination, but you know what? He didn't really want you to use it. I had a serious beef with a guy in my church this week. He posted something on Facebook. said, it's wrong to say that if I don't pay tithe, God is going to make my life miserable. That if God really want the tithe that bad, he will have taken it and give me my 90%. That's what he said. Now that's what self-determination does. You can talk back at God. If he made you a it good, it's not your fault now. If you make you a good and all you doing is meh, meh, then it be mean. <laughs> You have only one syllable. man. <laughs> now the guy said and I said, you, you don't understand something. God will give you everything. But he expects that you give it back to him. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without trust in him. Whatever you don't do with God willingly is of no use. God can only call you Joshua. You can't force you. Your response now is your own choice. Are you guys still with me? I'm going somewhere here. Now this is a long read here, but I'll bring the meat out of it. It's talking about here. You know, I don't know if any of you have heard of the original sin. Original sin, original sin, is actually thinking or acting independently of God. Because this is the way God commanded Adam. He said, of every tree in the garden, right, you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you must not touch it. The day you touch it, you die. Okay. Listen. When I read that, I said, God, you are so gracious. That means in that garden, there are more opportunities to do right than do wrong. There was only one wrong tree. But you see, we often go there when we brandish our self-determination gift that God has given us, which we are supposed to have submitted to him. I always do this exercise everywhere I go to let you know that the fallen nature is still in you. If I stand and said, don't look at my shoes, your face goes zoom. We don't even raise children, right? Because all we do is don't, 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 don't. And they want to see what is what is that. Why are they hiding this thing? <laughs> it's a long read, but I'll bring out the meat. He said, oh, do you not? Know, James 4, 5 and 6. Do you think that the scripture says in vain that the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resist the proud and give grace to the humble. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is but a vapor that appears today and tomorrow is gone. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, right? We shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance all such boasting is evil therefore to him who knows to do good what is the good you ought to say if the lord wills that is every time you take unilateral decisions without consulting with god that's original sin because adam took of that tree when the suggestion came from eve you will said wait wait Uh, sir god that tree you said we should do it. Eve said uh, it's not a good idea. What do you think? That would have changed the whole story. That's why Paul said Adam was not deceived, Timothy. Adam did it in self-will. He wasn't deceived. He knew exactly what he was doing. Didn't Paul say that? He said Adam was not deceived. For God in his gracious manner, He used it to do a number on the devil. Where the devil thought he scored the highest point, it was at that same point that God defeated him. He said, you know what? Listen before you shout. This thing that you have done. The moment that thing happened, God came and said, oh, I see what you've done. Merry Christmas. The seed of this woman will bruise your head. Now, The devil got confused. Women don't have seeds. That's when he prophesied the virgin birth, right? The one that's going to do this is not going to come according to the order of man. It's going to be a spirit birth. Oh my goodness! Wow. Now, at that point, Jesus didn't sin. First Corinthians five twenty-one. He said, "For him who knew no sin, he chose to become sin." Just as Adam chose to fall with the wife. Right? You know, Eve took it first. And nothing happened. Because the source was still intact. It was when Adam took it, the Bible said, and then their eyes were opened. If when Eve took it, Adam had run to God. See what has happened oh? That time, Jesus will have come because the provision has been made. When was Jesus crucified? In Revelations. Before the foundation of the world. Not even before the creation of man. That was when they decided we are going to make man. The man is going to to be a free moral being. But you see, is this our free moral being that is the problem of the world today? And those who will rise above that free moral being are going to be in this new man company. God is looking for yes men. God is looking for puppets. <laughs> the 21st century, Don't don't want to hear this. You can't make decisions for me. I have a head. That's the language of 21st century. But they didn't ask themselves, who gave you the head? The Genesis 322 issue. The issue in that scripture was that man used the ultimate gift wrongly. <laughs> and God's love sent man out of the garden to pave way for redemption. Because if man had taken up the tree of life in that state, there would have been no room for redemption. That's why God had to station an angel there with a flaming sword. Don't come back here until you're fixed. (laughs) So Jesus was now sent to model the ultimate man. So Jesus is the portrait of this new man company. Are you guys with me? So the use of that ultimate gift was what singled Jesus Christ out as the ultimate man. Jesus had his brain intact. He was a sharp guy. At age 12, he was questioning the scribes and all the Pharisees and the doctors of the law, right? The guy wasn't a dullard. But he chose not to. Listen, that's where I'm going here. Look at his prayer. In this manner therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come because you too have a kingdom. Right? As a human being, you have a kingdom. You have a world that no one can enter except by your permission, including God. God can't enter without your permission. You see, where where the deeper life of this world in those days missed it is that they forced coerce people to be born again. If I have stories of people beating up their children, they beat Christ into them. (laughs) Ram Jesus into their soul. Like my father will call me. Hey, come here. Yes, sir. Come, my father, you don't joke with him. Promise me you will never drink again. I promise, sir. I promise. Neither. I promise. Okay, go. Right back to the alcohol. You can't force me. It's going to take moral suasion. I need to see what is wrong with that thing before I can change my mind. When I decided to quit, no one told me. Right? And I never went back there. When I met my wife, she didn't like alcohol and cigarettes. And I stopped for six months. It was six months of torture. Every time I see somebody smoking, I say, ah, this man is lucky. (laughs) Nobody's breathing down his neck to stop. Ah, I wish I were you. Uh, I'm suffering here. Six months. I went for a course. And they put me in a hotel. When I opened the fridge in that room, my God. Very cold Gul'dan. Star. He was sweating. <laughs> he was sweating. And then there's a packet of Ruthmans and matches on top of the fridge. Conclude. I sat with that sweat. I did half before I got up. I got back after that week. I said, you know what? You have to take me as I am. <coughs> I started drinking again. I started smoking. I said, Oh, really? I said, Yes. Yes. What are you gonna do? He said, nothing. I got guilty the more. I thought she was gonna fight so that we can fight it out. But she didn't fight. God knows how to fix you. I can talk forever. My wife can keep quiet forever. If I marry a talkative, there will be fire in the house. Because I'll call her. We want to discourse, but how we finish, oh, you didn't say anything. I said yes. You didn't allow me to say anything. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. I've not changed it tomorrow, but God is helping me. <laughs> I
1: don't
0: know how I got into that story. <laughs> But look at the lifestyle of Jesus. Okay, I was talking about you having your own kingdom, right? You see, his kingdom can't come until yours go. When you pray, your kingdom come. Also whisper, my kingdom go. Your will be done on earth. This is the earth. My own will go. Because two captains can't steer a ship. He gave us a word in church when I say your life is too small for you and I. Not enough space for you and I. One we have to just give way. When God comes, he doesn't come like a co-pilot. He comes to take charge. Uh, the day your car begins to talk back at you. Hmm. We enter that car now and say, we are going back to Joseph. No! <laughs> we are going to Kano. <laughs> ah. <laughs> you will get down. You know that something terribly has gone wrong. (laughs) That's why Paul says you are bought with a price. You are not your own. You see, church, we need to know that afresh. You don't own yourself. Somebody owns you. And you know this. The one who gives his life for you, paid for you. He has the right to take your life from you. This is how I summarize salvation. Jesus died. Right? To give his life for you. So that he might take yours from you. That he might now live his own through you. You can't live your own. James said, how dare you plan? When you do that, you do it in arrogance. That truth dawned on me in 1995. That's when I stopped planning. I was a master strategist. I could plan 50 years ahead. My brain was you know, optimum functioning. But 1995, I stopped planning when I discovered this truth. That God, you know, I think yours is going to be better for us. Your own plan. You know, that's the guarantee you're going to hear God. You don't need a sermon on how to hear God. The guarantee you are going to hear God is when you submit yourself absolutely to him. That was what Jesus Christ modeled. Look at at his core value. He said, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will. He had the will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this, blah, 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 this is the will. He now defined the will. But the key there is that he said, I came not to do, I can't do whatever I want to do. Right? But I won't do it. He said, that's what makes you God. He said, I cannot my own self do nothing. That is not because of incompetence. It's because of choice. Right? Everywhere I go and I say, you can do a lot without God. Because I said yes. How many of you pray before you wore this shirt? Hmm? Did you pray, uh, Holy Spirit, please, what what shirt should I wear this morning? Right? You wore that shirt, right? You can do a lot without God. The richest men on earth don't even know God. So when Jesus said this, it was out of choice, not out of incompetence. Hang on with me. This is the value system. This is the trait that's going to separate those of us in this company from those who are not. Because what's going to happen is you will see less of man on earth and more of God. That was what John said. He must increase. He must increase. But that is dependent on this. I must decrease. See, those things have disappeared from church. We have been swallowed up by our needs. And this is where I'm going to just give you the scripture. And you go and study it. He gave a sermon on the mount. And those be attitudes, because that's what they are, the attitudes to be. They are be attitudes. These are the attitudes to be. Are you with me? He gave those are the essential traits of the citizens of God's kingdom. Right? And when he was going to do that, he spoke in parables to the people. And the Bible says he went up on the mountain. His disciples now came to him and he opened his mind and began to teach. Hallelujah. Verse 5 of that Matthew 5 is what catches my attention because of the way that trait ties. To the earth he a blessed at the meek for they shall inherit the earth what god wants to give you an eye is this earth to manage the earth is his he's not relinquishing ownership he's relinquishing management he wants only his thoughts actions intents to be seen on earth but that can't happen except we find human vessels human channels so when you see a man of God come and I said, eh, we have the vessel of the Most High God here this morning, but those phrases were inherited from the fathers of the faith, but they lived in the reality of it. Today is just a way of find a man. A vessel, a channel, right? It's just a channel. What goes through it is more important than what, what the channel is, right? It's meant to protect what grows, the content that goes through it, right? this is my paraphrase of matthew 5 5. blessed are those who understand the mystery of putting their gift of self-determination in god's hands for theirs is the earth to dominate because for as long as adam was under god's dominion he had dominion over the earth right the moment he came out of that and did something of his own self adam will see a rat and wrong the guy who named the lion right that's why we now live in fear (laughs) are you guys following me what's meekness the word meek is a greek word prius it means power under perfect control you have power but you put it in check There's a product in Nigeria that, you know, advertised like that, Bridgestone Tires. You say, power is nothing without control. That's what meek is. Meek is not being gentle. To be meek is to express the God-given ability to control one's strength. Now, that's tough. A sign of maturity is that I can do this thing, but because of the revelation of a higher purpose, I choose not to. So God made man with a deliberate specific design that enabled man to live independently of God. That's why it's so easy for man to become God to himself. I always ask this question. Can God lie? Hmm? He can. God can lie. Hello, hello, yeah, good. We're still, we're still held back. Trick it a bit, brother. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know how far I go with this. The Newman Company are the ones who will establish the kingdom of God. And what that basically means is that we choose not to establish their own kingdom. Right? Paul sang about this. Philippians, Two, five, he said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, though he was God, he did not demand his rights as God. He made himself, nobody made him. That's why when God gave that command, he said, The day you eat of the fruit of this tree, you will die. He didn't say, I will kill you. <laughs> Two different things. He said, Listen to me, Christians. When you sin God forgives but sin can't help but punish right that's why sin has consequences why because you chose to you will have to live by the consequences of your sin that's why David died the way he died somebody like David a man after God's heart should just walk right to heaven God forgave him, but the sin punished him. Are you guys with me? So we're talking here about God's kingdom. When we begin to talk kingdom, man is de-emphasized. God is emphasized. He said he was God, but he did not demand his rights as God. Church, today we are taught to demand our rights from God. God, you promised according to your word. You are bound by your word. You must do it. That's how we pray to him not that that is god so the right that god has given us is what he's asking for back and you know what that right is only safe in his hands he's looking for those who can say also that i can of my own self do nothing hallelujah let me see if there are other chips here you see jesus christ had the power if he could raise the dead right if he could do all that he could command the cross to disappear Like a man wrote, you know, Michael Card, yes. He said it was not, it was Jesus that held the nails. It wasn't the nails that held Jesus there. Jesus held the nails on the cross. He was there by choice. That's why he told them, you guys are coming to me with swords and all these clubs and everything. Don't you know I can tell my father he would send me six legions of angels. And they will come and deliver me. Six legions is 72,000 angels. Those guys don't stand a chance. Right? If you know angels, one angel in the book of First Kings or Second Kings killed 168,000 people in one night. It was just one unemployed angel who was just roaming around. He didn't know what... Hey, hey, hey. There's a problem there. And the guy went, 168,000 dead. And the guy, is there any other thing? <laughs> now imagine 72,000. And this guy said, Are you Jesus? I am he. And they fell. So you see, he said, No man takes my life from me. I, of my own chest, I lay down. He chose to die. And that's the same pattern. So these kingdom builders are those who are aware of their tremendous power at their disposal to do whatever they want to do. But out of the knowledge and revelation of God's plan, they choose to surrender the power to God and come under his authority. That's why Paul called himself a bond servant you understand that with their cultural heritage a bond servant is actually called a bond slave a bond slave is a slave by choice He's a slave that has you know worked out his 50 years right or 25 years sorry 50 Jubilee 50 right Jubilee right he's lived out the 50 and he's free to go but the guy he chose he said no I love my master And I'm going to stay. I choose to be a slave forever. And what the master will do, he will call witnesses, put his back towards the wall, and pierce the ear. What is he trying to say? Your ear is married to my voice. You only hear me. That's why, whatever you see in the world, men, piercing ears, there's a spiritual parallel. Our ears need to be pierced. We're supposed to be born slaves the climax of it in the book of revelation seven it's a calamity is befalling the earth and god called out on that angel hey stop the four winds don't let them blow on the earth because people only talk about the seal 666 there's another seal in revelation seven right he said don't let this calamity befall the earth until I seal my bond servants on their foreheads. Ooh, hallelujah. Are you willing to be in this company? Because it's going to embarrass you before men. But you will be glorified with Him. That's the life I've lived you know, since 1995. February, I thought I need to take a break before I left, there was you know, work in church to be done. I said, God, we don't have money. And he said, that was my car. Say, said, sell it and do it. I couldn't tell anybody. If I tell them, they will say, Pastor, no. They will seize the car. So I asked them, I want to change it. I lied. Like the, you know, the Hebrew nurse. Right? You know the way the, the Hebrew midwives told them. Sell this car, I want to I actually plan to buy another one when I travel. They so transfer the money to my account and move it back to the church. I said, Go and buy our own roads And do the work that we're doing. Right now I'm carless. But I told them, there are many cars in this compound. How many will I ride? You guys have it. You have a car. The one I brought is by somebody. asked to. Did I check to Zaria? But oh God just said. I that car. Because number one, the car is not mine. Remember what, what he said? Put it on the road, not in your heart. And I love that car. But you see, God killed me to car. Yes, yes. When I told you I was in fire, when I didn't have a job, I became a taxi driver in Lagos. After being a bank manager, I became a taxi driver because I believe God called me. And that car was an idol. So, when I put the car for car business, they will enter and smash the door. Bam! It's as if they slapped me. (laughs) Because when I wash the car in the morning, it's an art. They will just eat egg and drop it inside and just. That thing dealt with the car, dealt with my pride. I was an usher in church. Can't forget the day I carried two ladies. I didn't know they were my church members. I my money? Where's my money? Wednesday! I'm already in my position, blowing tongues, and I saw them coming in. And I said, oh no. <laughs> God will embarrass you until you stop being embarrassed. <laughs> but it was then I died. Nothing embarrasses me. At that time, I can't rise without stew. Still is saved. This added blessing. (laughs) I'll give my wife twenty naira. She will thank me. Thank. (laughs) Because she knows there are days when there's nothing. (laughs) You know, it, it comes out of you getting to a point because there was a time when I got born again, there was a time when I gave my life. There were two distinct experiences. Because many are born again, but they've not given their lives. What you give you don't rule, you don't control. God is in the driver's seat. And I say that with every sense of humility. He's in the driver's seat. I don't sign on the accounts in my church. I delegate it. I trust you guys. I work the money. It's God's money. Right? Because I want to empower people. I want to give people authority. I want to give respect. I can go on and on, but that's the spirit of a born servant. Are you guys with me? Can you do it? The answer is yes. If you don't, it's not because it's impossible. But these are the people that their lives will be so open to let God come to earth. Because the most effective and potent hindrance to God coming to earth is man. And the most potent weapon to unleash God on the earth is man. Which one are you going to choose? Blessed are those who submit their gift of self-determination back to God. They are the ones that God will put in I mean He will put in authority over the earth. Let me close with Esther. Closing as in closing. Because I need to travel back to Josh. Esther, if you read the story of Esther, that was a beauty pageant, you know. Is that not true? That was a beauty pageant. And the practice was, when they go to the house of that eunuch, that guy called Hegai, H-E-G-A-I, Bible says that the women, they would tell Haggai whatever they want, the kind of cosmetics they want, you know, the foundation, the Mary Kay, the, you know, I told you I live in Gesso State, so I know all these things. They would tell the, you know, the... All the the color of lipstick and everything they want and Haggai will give them. They will use it to prepare themselves to go and appear before the king. Now let me tell you the typologies. The king is a type of God. Right? Haggai is a type of the Holy Spirit that prepares the bride. You and I were types of Esther, those contestants in that beauty pageant. When he got to the town of Esther, because of the council of Mordecai, he said, when you get there, don't dictate to Haggai. Let me tell you, Hegai knows the king. You have a right to demand your Mary and everything. But know what others don't know. Haggai knows the king. He knows what gets the king's heart. He knows the kind of babe attracts the king. Tell Haggai to make up for you. Forgo your rights to ask for the things you want, because Esther, listen, this is much more than you. This is a grand plan from heaven. Remember Uncle Saul. Do you know Uncle Saul? Our great Uncle Saul, and Esther will nod. You know how Mordecai is the grandson of Kish. Right? Kish is the father of Saul. Right? Saul was king. Saul was sent to go and destroy the Amalekites. But he spared a guy called Agag. Right? Agag is also the you know the grandparent of Haman. Haman was from where? Haman the Agagite. So this is a return battle, Esther. There's something our fathers failed to do because they chose to do things Saul chose to spare Agag. That Agag is facing us today to annihilate the Jews. This is an opportunity to finish the battle that our fathers didn't finish, Esther. So you can't do what we please you. You have to do what with. You don't have to like the way you are going to look, but the king will like it if Hagar makes up for you. Forgot those rights. That was how the lady won the pageant. When she walked in, the king said, This is my creation. This is actually what I had in mind. Wow! This is it. You got authority. I said, You know what, sir? We need to go for a banquet somebody has to die. That's the most effective way of saying father and die. Set a meal before your enemy. Don't tell them to die like that. (laughs) But that battle was won because Esther didn't grab us. He did not demand his rights as God. He made himself a born servant like Jesus who died on the cross the shameful death. Therefore God highly what? The same thing happened to us time. Same thing will happen to us many. Don't pray for exaltation. Go through the right path. There's a path of life. You will show me the path of life, right? There's a path that leads to that exaltation. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. This is the key. The core value of this new man company. We don't come to church to receive. We come to church to give. Right? Because the Bible says the, the body grows by what every joint receives, right? Uh-uh. By what every joint does what? Supplies! Guys, this is the high call. This is kingdom life. This is what made me leave church. Because I got tired of gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give because I discovered my name was not Jimmy. So I came into the kingdom where I have no rights, where I don't have to struggle, and I preached to my wife. I so said, you know what? When a skyscraper becomes a need, it's down. We're going to live this life. God fits the, He fixes the needs, and I'm free. Am I wealthy? Yes. Am I financially rich? No. Nope. But everything I need, hmm, it comes. I don't keep money in my account. If it's there, I get what needs to be bought. What I, 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 I... Because David counseled the son. Hey son, when riches come, don't set your heart on it. It's for an assignment. That's why I'm free to Preach. That's why I can seek offering in my church. That's why I can, because I know God provides, I've seen it. I'm a Joshua. I've seen the promised land. That's why those I sent, all of them will come back with good report. Because Moses never saw it. He sent 12, only two came back with good report. Part of the two was Joshua. When Joshua sent spies, everybody came back with good report because his own instruction was more specific. Go and the land, especially Jericho. That angle was there. Guys, I can continue, but I'll stop here. I want to thank you guys for giving me this opportunity to come and, you know, share my life with you. You know, like I said, I'm going to give this to Joshua. I want to thank the protocol team. Thank you for the hospitality. Thank you for, thank you to the welfare. I really enjoyed the meal yesterday. It was really, really wonderful. I really appreciate this. I believe this is the beginning of the... I know with the way you guys are are looking at me, I might might likely come back. I go to churches where I know I will never come back. You know, because I've gotten there and I've destroyed a a lot of things. And I know they will never call me again. But I'm stopping here because I know I'll come back. You know, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again. On this earth, not in heaven. A lie. Thank you so much, Joshua. Bless. We believe you have been blessed by this message. For additional information, call 081 32 5463 or 080 or 080 You can visit us on Facebook on www.facebook.com slash koinonia Eternity Network International or follow us on Twitter www.twitter.com slash koinonia underscore ENI You can download our messages on www.forshared.com Eternity Network International Replicating the fullness of God's life on earth